1: There's
3: several people here who don't know they're dead. We've been hearing noises.
4: How many people died? 27. Seven grabbed my leg.
1: She wants to be really close to you.
2: I don't like to stay here alone.
3: A young girl died in the house.
2: Where is she? She was fully engulfed in flames.
3: And it hurts. It
1: hurts so bad.
2: That's a horrible death. There was something in that house.
1: They're like, ugh. They're being watched. They hate people who sleep in that room. There's something down there. My name is Amy Allen. A lot of dead people are here. I see dead people. This is not good. I speak to dead people. He is very pissed off. And they speak to me. The house is angry. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. He's killed people. I rely on my partner.
4: I'm Steve DeShave. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. He got shot at his house. And I know every person, every house has secrets. Aren't you terrified being here? It's my job to reveal them. That sounds like something out of The Exorcist.
1: But Steve and I never speak.
4: We never communicate during an investigation.
1: Until the very end. It's bad.
4: When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay. i like some answers.
1: Or time to get out.
4: Amy and I worked independently of one another. I gather evidence, interview witnesses, and sort through the history of each location. At the end, we come together to compare our findings. I'm in a small town called Blackshear in Georgia, just a couple hours outside of Savannah. I'm heading over to meet a woman named Carol, who says she's got some really disturbing things going on in her home. Carol and her husband, Robert, have lived there just over six years, and she and her three kids are terrified. She says she desperately needs our help.
2: Before Amy enters the location, I have to clear the area of anything that could be leading information. So it's important that all the family photos are covered or removed before Amy begins her walk.
1: As I approach a new location, I enter a meditative state I call opening. This allows me to receive information from the dead, sometimes way before I actually arrive at the location. I have some dead girl with me. Last night, uh, she kept trying to creep in my bed. The dead usually know I'm coming before I do, and sometimes they appear to me days before I arrive at a location, like this girl did. She's very scary looking, and she's extremely emotional and very angry. Nobody's listening to her, and she's really pissed about it.
4: Kyle, thanks for inviting me to your home. It's
3: beautiful. Thank you for coming. What's going on? When we moved here, we started having some incidents that we really just couldn't explain. We've been hearing noises, um, having things being knocked off, the tables and the walls. My older sons, they wouldn't even stay here by themselves if we were out of town. Really? Yeah.
4: Carla, did the previous homeowner say anything to you?
3: No. Um, as a matter of fact, he sold us the house with everything in it, all of his possessions. He probably left 500 angels here. Every room of the house, even the bathrooms, there were angels everywhere you looked. If you're going to collect something, why leave it?
4: I mean, it's a beautiful home.
3: Yeah, it's a very beautiful home, um, but it has some secrets, and I need to find out what those secrets are.
4: Well, that's what we're here for. Um, is there any place you can show me in the house where things are happening?
3: Certainly.
1: So, she is very angry. She's like 17. The anger girl is very needy. She's actually been visiting me for the past few nights and has even tried to crawl into my bed. When I refused to let her, she started fighting with me. She wanted someone to
3: listen to her. Nobody listens to her. I took my dogs out to go to the restroom one morning. And when I came back, um, this cabinet door had been completely ripped off the hinges. It had not been like that when I left. And there was no way anyone could have gotten past me to have come in the house. There was no one else home. It really scared the daylights out of me. I see
1: that she can open the cabinets. Pretty sure she actually broke dishes, which is...
2: After she was dead.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. When she's been dead.
4: Anything else in this room?
3: Now, we were putting food in the pantry one day, uh, and I opened a cabinet and a box of sugar. Came out with enough force that it went from one side of the pantry and hit the door on the other side. I really wanted to leave at that point. She takes the
1: dishes, throws them on the floor. Jeez. Throwing them on the floor. Taking this, throwing them on the floor. Where is she? Oh, she's
3: right over there. We have a daughter named Melanie who has Down syndrome. And she started telling me that there was a ghost girl in her room. I said, what's the name of the ghost girl in your room? And she told me that her name was Pearl.
4: Carol, how does Melanie know her name?
3: because the apparition has told her that her name is Pearl. you kidding. No. I went to the public library, and I found a book called The History of Pierce County, Georgia. And it just so happens that there is a photo of our house. Okay. And a picture of the family who built the house. And that is Pearl Taylor. Do
4: you know how Pearl died?
3: I know that Pearl burned in the house. I don't know how or when or, or any, anything in particular, but I do know that Pearl died in the house.
4: Has anything bad happened to
3: Melanie? Some girls from across the street came over to watch television with her, and they said they couldn't find her. She wasn't in her room. And when we went up to look for her, she was in the closet with the door shut, which is very, very unlike her. And uh, when she came out of the closet, we asked her, what were you doing in there? And she said Pearl was bugging her again, asking her to find her dress. Our concern is if she can get Melanie to go into a closet, she might go get Melanie to go out the window onto the roof. She might go get Melanie to go out the front door into the street. I don't know what extent this apparition or this ghost is going to have Influence on my child and and that concerns me When you're entering like, you know the
1: first level of sleep She wants to be really close to you and She'll like put her face right in your face and like move She likes to be able to make you see her then okay, and talk to you then.
4: In my experience, kids make up stories for their parents. But the truth comes out when a stranger is asking the questions. That's why I need to speak with Melanie alone. Melanie, I was talking to Mom, and uh, she said that you see a ghost in your room?
1: Yes.
4: Okay. Do you see the ghost in the closet? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Do you know her name?
3: Yeah, her name Pearl. Pearl. Yes.
4: Okay. Does she talk to
3: you? Yeah.
4: Okay. What kind of things does she ask you?
3: Uh, I want you mind my closet. Can you find her dress?
4: So she wants you to help her find her dress? Yes. If I showed you the picture, can you point her out to me? Yes. Okay. Show me who the ghost is.
1: There are kids up here, and they're laughing, they're running, but there's something else here. They're being watched.
4: Robert, I spoke with uh, your wife, Carol. She told me about the things going on in the house. Have you ever seen anything or heard anything you can't explain?
5: Oh, absolutely. In this room here, uh, my wife and I have had conversations about whether I believe or not. And I said, until the ghost shows up, taps me on the shoulder, and says... Here I am. I'm your ghost. You know, accept me. I said, then I'll believe. And about, it wasn't 15 minutes later, something grabbed my leg. And I turned around and I said, all right, Carol, cut it out. And I said, I'm trying to go to sleep. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, you just grabbed my leg. And She goes, I didn't touch your leg.
4: Anything else?
5: My wife and myself and Melanie were downstairs having dinner. You could hear someone stomping like they were mad and bam, bam. Bam, door slamming.
4: And nobody was up here?
5: No, nobody was up here.
1: There's two men. They do things to the people here. Like what? Bang. (laughs) Bang! Like... Bang! And it like shakes the whole room. They hate people who sleep in that room.
5: What
4: have you experienced in this room?
5: When I go to bed, I lay my phone and my glasses on my nightstand over there. And several times after discussions with my wife about paranormal activity and and where I stand as far as my beliefs, I've heard it slide across the nightstand and hit the floor.
4: So it's as if you're mocking it, so to speak.
5: That's exactly how it makes me feel, and that's then. That's why I don't like to talk about it in the house. Because every time I do, something happens.
4: Have you heard any other noises or anything else? We've heard
5: uh, doors slamming, constant footsteps, constant footsteps. uh, Crashes in the middle of the night that are unexplained. I mean, we'll come down and we'll look for some. Maybe a picture fell. Maybe the garbage fell over. Anything, nothing. You can't ever find anything.
1: I knew that there was issues in this room, and that it was coming from up above. It's these two men that are up there. They jump up and then they slam. They're like, "Ah!" and it shakes this hole. Shaking the walls, shaking the floor, everything.
4: Jim, I was talking to your mom. She explained some of the things that are going on in the house and that you've had quite a few things happen. Why don't you explain to me what's going on?
5: Every night, it's something new. Door slamming downstairs, Uh, my closet door opening and closing.
4: This closet right here?
5: Yeah, that closet.
4: When the closet door opens up, you've seen it actually open? Oh, yes. How often does it happen? About every day. Is it to the point that you're afraid to actually live here? I don't like to
5: stay here alone.
4: At all. Did you ever believe in this stuff before you moved here? No, absolutely not. How about now? Oh, yeah.
1: There's also a little kid messing with the door. Five, maybe? Five? Doing what? Trying to practice, like turning the knob and opening it, learning how to open and close the door, basically. This child thinks this is great. It's like the best thing in the world. And this door is when the angry girl comes through. So there's a lot of girls here, teenager girls. Together? Yes. They're, like, dressed conservatively, The style looks like 1880, 1890. But there's a lot of stuff going on.
4: (laughs) There are a lot of crazy things going on in Carol's house. What I need to know is why did this previous homeowner run out of there like his house was on fire and leave all his belongings behind? The guy refuses to take my calls and talk to me about the house. He's clearly spooked. So I'm going to talk to Carol's neighbor who knew the guy and see what he could tell me about him. How long have you been living here?
2: I've been living in this house on and off for the past 15 years.
4: Okay, so did you know the previous homeowner? The owner's daughter was a very good friend of mine. And I spent nearly every single day in that house till we graduated high school. I heard that the house was filled with angels angels everywhere.
2: I think he did it to protect himself from whatever was in that house.
4: Do you think he was the type of guy to just run out like that?
2: I don't believe that he would have tore out as quickly as possible unless there was something in that house
4: that scared him to that point. I need to start looking into the house's past. Carol gave me the first clue with the story about the teenage girl who burned to death. If it's true, The local fire chief will know all about it.
2: On Saturday, August 27th, 1910, the 16-year-old daughter of George Taylor, Pearl Taylor, was um, involved in an incident where she was trying to place a kerosene lantern onto the mantle of the fireplace when it dropped and exploded and caught her on fire.
4: Did she die immediately?
2: She actually survived until the next morning on Sunday, December the 28th, You have to understand that third-degree burns actually burn the complete skin layers off. She wouldn't have been recognizable. That's a horrible death.
1: She died at night, and she looks really weird. Her body's all beat up. It's all broken, and it hurts. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. This walk is so punishing. I'm absorbing this girl's emotional and physical pain. I really want to help her move on, but I can't. She's too angry to let go. Dark, dark, dark. It hurts so f-ing bad.
4: Now that I know Pearl actually died in that house, I need to find out more about the family. So I've tracked down one of Pearl's descendants, who actually still lives in the town, to see if he can fill in the missing pieces. I understand you're related to the Pearl tale. Yes, right. She was my great aunt. Now, I've learned that she was killed in 1910 by fire, but I don't know really much about the family or her. Uh, I was wondering if you could fill that in for me. Pearl was uh, 16 years
2: old. The next day, she was about to go to college. Back then, 16 years old was very
4: unusual for a person, much less a woman, to go to college. So she was gifted? Yes, she was. Obviously, we know how bad it was for Pearl, but what about the rest of the family?
2: If your child died burning and you sat there for six or eight hours and watched him in pain and death, I mean, could you ever recover from it?
1: There's another man. He's tall. He's wearing a suit. He says he's carrying all this pain. I don't think he knows he's dead. Usually when people don't know they're dead, it means one of two things. Either they suffered a sudden and traumatic death, or they refuse to acknowledge what happened to them. he's looking for... I don't know if that's his wife. When was this? Man, I want to say like... 1901. I'm seeing lots of little babies that died.
4: I mean, I couldn't even imagine losing a child, especially in that manner. But yeah, terrible, any type of situation. But then
2: you have to understand too, they had lost a child earlier. Ah, oh, geez. No, I know his name was George.
4: So uh, they lose two kids. Correct. When you grew up and you visited the house, uh, did anything strange happen when you were there? Yes.
2: Pearl had some trunks with her clothes in it. And the next day she was about to go to college. Grandma Taylor would not let anybody open those trunks and they were in in a closet upstairs. And then when my grandmother, she kind of bided by her mother's wishes never to open it, so we never opened then, 1981, after my grandfather's death, my father, mother, me, and some other family members went up there and pulled the two trunks out. And we opened the trunks. And right when I popped open the trunk, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, a lightning bolt, thunder just came out. Boom.
1: So she is very angry. <laughs> it's really weird because she's dressed, like I'd almost say, like like some kind of like schoolgirls or something like this. Something about school with her, something about school around her. I see her like studying and learning with books around her and a table here. And I was like, what's your name? And that kind of set her off because she couldn't remember.
4: I need to search through the library's archives to see if anything happened on the property before Pearl's death. Turns out, in the 1880s, Pearl's father owned 41 acres of land there. Also turns out, one of the worst railroad crashes in U.S. history happened right near his property. I'm conducting an investigation in Shear, and during my research, I came across an article about a train wreck that happened in 1888, uh, which looked like it wasn't too far from the property I'm investigating. Do you know about this train wreck? It's it's considered probably one of the worst train disasters in the state. It was a lot of chaos. About how many people died?
1: 27. There's a lot of other people that are upstairs. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And lots of them died. Ribs were broken. Internal organs were smashed. They were crushed.
4: What kind of injuries are we talking about with this wreck? Now, you're talking about a scene of bodies. Uh, just piled them on top of each other. Metal piled upon people, people
2: who were just trapped, suffering. There's cars that are on fire. There's no easy way to
4: die in a crash like that. Did they set up a triage center, like, right on the road? Very, very crude uh, makeshift uh, triage center they had there. But the guy that I'm investigating owned 41 Acres. Looks like the property would have been probably on or near this train track. Yes, I think it's possible. It's possible.
1: During my walk, I encountered many entities. But the suicidal man was in terrible grief. So I'm meeting with a sketch artist to try and put a face to him. He was tall and probably between the ages of 40 and 50. And... He has a very thick mustache.
2: Would you describe the lower part of his nose as being Square. turned up? Any kind of aging under his eyes?
1: He has very, very deep crow's feet. Like, very deep.
2: Oh, um... Amy, you think this uh, bears a resemblance to the person you saw?
1: Yes, it does.
4: After completing each of our investigations separately, Amy and I will be revealing our findings together for the first time. They've been living here about seven years. Uh, They've got some pretty bizarre things happening in the house. Uh, One of the big issues uh, is they have a daughter with special needs that seems to be getting targeted. Uh, With that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy and she can tell us what she found on her walk.
1: The first thing that I encountered was uh, two men um, in the attic. And what they like to do is jump up really high through the ceiling and then drop themselves and it just makes a loud noise, and it'll shake um, the house when they do it. Hmm. like, boom, Bang! and it like shakes the whole room. Bang! 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 They hate people who sleep in that room.
4: Why don't you explain to Amy some of the noises you've been hearing in the house? We always say it sounds like doors are
5: slamming, uh, just loud bangs and pops and footsteps. Uh, every night when I go to bed, I put my cell phone next to my, my nightstand, and several times my cell phone and my glasses have went sliding off that nightstand. They didn't just fall off, I didn't misplace them because they were halfway across the room.
4: What exactly did he do, these two guys?
1: They're all about revenge and disruption against the original owner, who apparently they don't understand is no longer here.
3: We've had multiple pictures come off the wall. We've also had light bulbs pop like popcorn just pop, pop, pop everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: So we've mm-hmm. had a lot
3: of activity since your walk.
1: It, activity will increase before or after the walk takes place. Um, everybody just gets riled up.
4: So Amy, what else did you encounter?
1: The second thing was, I was at the lower end of the stairwell. And um, I had a hard time because there were so many people that wanted to communicate. I had to argue with them to line up. But there's several people here who don't know they're dead. There's a lot of other people that are upstairs that I don't necessarily want to talk to yet, so I'm gonna see if I can find somebody else down here who can tell me what happened, because they were crushed.
4: Back in 1888, there was a train wreck not far from here. Probably one of the biggest train wrecks in US history. There was kids, there was women, there was men dead. Oh, wow. That's a lot of people that died in one time, so I didn't know if that had anything to do with what maybe you saw
1: could be from the train accident because I don't understand what they're doing here.
4: Is there anything else you encountered?
1: The next one was interesting because I met her before I did the walk. She was in the car with me on the drive to here and has been trying to reach out for quite some time. And she doesn't feel like she's being heard. That's why she's in acting out. She opens and closes the cabinet doors. She didn't understand how she died. It was a quick, fast, traumatic thing. I know she has long hair, uh, brown. She's all gray, like grays. She really wants to talk.
4: Cowell, you're visibly upset. What's going on?
3: Amy just described exactly what my daughter sees.
4: Carol, why don't you tell Amy about the stuff that happens in the kitchen?
3: One morning, I took the dogs out, and when I came back in, one of my lower cabinet doors had been completely ripped off one of its hinges.
4: We discussed that you had thought there was a girl that died here in this house. And it was true. Um, George Taylor, who built this home in 1905. He had a young daughter, 16 years old, her name was Pearl. Pearl burned to death in the house here.
1: Oh my
4: God. She was carrying a kerosene lamp.
1: Oh my God.
4: It somehow fell and she burned beyond recognition. I got a picture of her. This is Pearl. She lingered for like seven hours.
3: Oh my God. It had to be agony.
4: alright?
1: I'm sorry. I'm very upset right now.
3: Oh my God. Can you get I told you all these years. I told you.
2: ghost in this
5: house. Sorry. Are you all right?
1: Yeah. For some reason, I felt compelled to stay open during the reveal so I can communicate more easily with the dead. Pearl knew this, so she sat on the floor beside me the whole time. Her sadness and grief overwhelmed me.
4: What just happened?
1: The girl was under the table.
5: This this girl here?
1: Yes. She is very angry and very emotional. It's a strange place where she is right now. She's going back and forth between knowing she's dead and not knowing she's dead.
4: Carol, I think now is when you should tell Amy about what's going on with Melanie.
3: We have a daughter named Melanie who has Down syndrome. She let us know pretty quickly that there was a ghost girl that came into her room. When I found a photo in a book and asked her to show me the ghost girl, she pointed right at Pearl. And she described her as having brown hair and a gray face wearing a white dress.
4: Now, because Pearl was on her way to college, she had packed a trunk uh, to go away with, and she was actually leaving for college literally the next day before she died. Yeah. You know that?
1: Well, I didn't know that, but I I did see her studying. She's dressed, like I'd almost say like, like some kind of like schoolgirls or something like this. I see her like studying and learning with books around her and a table here.
4: After she died, her mother's wishes were that it stayed closed. So I had talked to a descendant of the Taylors. In 1981, after the grandparents had passed, they decided to open the trunk. And he said it was just odd because there was no mention of a thunderstorm or anything, but when they opened the trunk, lightning and thunder struck as soon as he opened it. Could something like opening up that trunk trigger the activity that they're having here?
1: It does make sense with the trunk because the family kept it locked up and everything. They never let go in the grieving. That could inadvertently tether her here. When they open it years later, she then is like, oh. That was like the best thing they could have done actually for her.
4: Because three years later, the house gets sold. They don't even keep the... They had it in their family since the turn of the century. Now, all of a sudden, three years later, they sell the house. Then you had the incident with the person you bought the house from. He basically ran out of here and left all the furniture.
3: He literally ran out of Left the furniture? Sheets on the bed, towels in the, in the kitchen drawer. Wow.
4: So, Amy, what else did you encounter?
1: The suicidal man. Okay. Absolutely does not know he's dead. And someone who has killed themselves, like, they typically know they killed themselves. I just could not make sense of the situation.
4: Let me give a little background about George Taylor. George Taylor was Pearl's father. Now, before they moved here, they had a son that was three years old that died. So he had already lost a child once before. He died in this house, um, but he had had a stroke a couple of months before he died. And he died suddenly.
1: That sounds like the man I sketched.
4: So I'm gonna get to see it tonight for the first time with you guys. This is George Taylor, Pearl's father.
5: It looks just like him. It looks just like him. It really does.
4: Well, Robert, Carol, you saw the results of our investigation. The most important thing, though, is, are you safe? And more importantly, is Melanie okay? Is she going to be safe? Uh, I can't answer that. Amy's going to have to answer that for you.
1: There are things you need to do. You have to contact a priest. The priest needs to come and do last rites. No one is to be mentioned by name when he does this, okay? And then you have him do a funeral speech and then a house blessing.
4: What about these two guys upstairs?
1: That's the blessing part. That's going to get rid of the women, the two men upstairs, and then Pearl and and her father. Like the living, the dead need closure, especially if they don't know they've died. I believe performing a funeral will help Pearl and her father understand they're dead and that they need to move on from this house.
5: And get rid of her father also? Yes.
1: It may not be a calm experience.
5: What do you mean by it, it may not um, be a calm experience?
1: You're dealing with um Several people who might be emotional going through this. So there may be things that happen. Any kind of shaking, things falling off the walls, um, any loud bangs from up there.
5: I mean, how am I going to go to our local priest here, come in and and do this? I mean, honestly, he's going to look at me like like I'm nuts.
1: Not necessarily. You'd be
3: surprised.
4: I will tell you this. If Amy tells you to do something, you should do it. Absolutely.
3: We will. Absolutely.
4: Okay. Good.
1: If Carol and Robert do nothing, the activity in the house could pick up dramatically. I hope they follow my advice. If they do, it should set the dead free and finally allow the family to enjoy their home in peace.